Praise the Lord. Jesus is Lord. How are you doing today? I am so excited you are with me today as we begin our study in this fascinating book, the book of Numbers. I promise you, you will be blessed, blessed, blessed by the Lord because there are some timeless principles here that we will really, really be encouraged by, be blessed by, and wow, glory to God. And friend, I want to remind you to share these teachings with friends and family members, invite others to watch, and we thank you for doing so. And I am so thankful that you are listening and you are growing in the Word of God. And friend, I want to remind you, as you are being blessed by these teachings, you've heard me say this, if you've been listening to me, I would ask you to prayerfully consider blessing us back with a financial donation so we can produce more programs and bless many, many other people. So friend, would you consider blessing us back by donating right back into this podcast ministry? That way we can reach out to many more people. We have a very safe and secure website. You can donate right there. And the website address is drruthtanyi.org slash donate. Again, drruthtanyi.org slash donate. And you can do that anywhere in the world. All you need is internet access. Okay, but if you live in the USA, you can also donate through Zelle using your cell phone number and our ministries. Uh, Zelle cell phone number for donations are, please write this down, 909-501-9031. Again, that telephone number for Zelle donation is 909-501-9031. And we also receive donations from Cash App. And the name there is the dollar sign, Dr. Ruth Tanyi. Again, the dollar sign, Dr. Ruth Tanyi. Please, we really need your financial support so we can pay for studio time to uh, produce these programs so we can bless Uh, many others and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for supporting us financially and together we are advancing God's work and transforming lives again we thank you friend open your heart to to receive the blessings from these teachings and God is going to bless you richly today in Jesus name here is the teaching welcome to the series as Dr. Ruth begins her teaching on the book of Numbers Okay, so let us begin our study with the book of Numbers, taking a closer look at the first four chapters. We begin with chapter one. What is the main gist of this chapter? We will learn about the census, how God gave specific instructions to Moses to count the Israelites in accordance with their clans and families listing every man by name, one by one. Let's uh, begin here with the first uh, few verses. Verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses in the tent of meeting in the desert of Sinai 
on the first day of the second month of the second year after the Israelites came out of Egypt. Here we go. Remember I mentioned in the introduction that this is the second year, almost going to the third year since they left Egypt and they had been at the foot of Mount Sinai. So the Lord gave Moses uh, instructions to count the people. He said, this is God talking to Moses now, take a census, I am in verse 2, of the whole Israelite community by their clans and families, listing every man by name, one by one. Verse 3, you and Aaron are to count according to their divisions, all the men in Israel who are 20 years old or more and able, able to serve in the army. God is telling us right away here the purpose for the census, okay, is to count the able men who can do military service in preparation to uh, conquer the promised land. We come to um, verse 4. One man from each tribe, each of them, the head of his family, is to help you. These are the names of the men who are to assist you. So this was a very tremendous, humongous task. So the Lord uh, pre-assigned people from each tribe that would help Aaron and Moses to carry out this endeavor, counting the people. So uh, let's talk about the importance of this counting. The primary purpose is for organization. We already see a God who is precise, detailed in his orientation, okay? And also this was supposed to mentally prepare the Israelites for this endeavor that they were uh, supposed to undertake, i.e. conquering the uh, promised land. It was, it was going to be a battle and the Lord was preparing them. So... We are going to just highlight here real quick the various tribes. You can read uh, verses beginning in verse 5 all the way, actually, until the end of this chapter. It's just telling us how these people, the Israelites, were organized and counted in accordance with their various tribes. Let's look at, um, I am now back in verse 5. Look at from the tribe of Reuben. The uh, Eliezer, son of uh, Shidor, from uh, uh, Simeon, uh, Shilomar, son of uh, Zurishada. These are the people that the Lord had preordained that would assist Moses and Aaron to count the people. You can uh, read those verses there on your own uh, from verse 6 all the way to verse 15. We come now to... Verse 16, these were the men appointed from the community, the leaders of their ancestral tribes. They were the heads of the clans of Israel. Verse 17, Moses and Aaron took these men whose names had been specified and they called the whole community. So essentially God called, God gave Moses and Aaron these names and Moses took this information to the community of the Israelites to tell them what the Lord had said, and those um, and the instruction was carried out as prescribed by the Lord. So you uh, come to 
Verse 18 there, the people registered their ancestry by their clans and families, and the men 20 years old or more were listed by name one by one. Essentially, the instruction was carried out. So if you come to verse 19, as the Lord commanded Moses, and so he counted them in the desert of Sinai. Verse 20, beginning verse 20, they're all the way till the end of this chapter, uh, goes on to tell us uh, the number of Israelites per clan or division. Let's take a closer look at some verses here. Beginning with verse 20, the descendants of Reuben, if you come down, there was, what, 46,500 uh, male, remember, 20 years or older now. These are young, strong men who can fight. Verse 22, we look at the descendants of uh, uh, Simeon. We see uh, 59,300. Verse 24, the descendants of uh, Gad. We see uh, uh, 45,650. Now, if you remember, we talked about this towards the end of the book of uh, Genesis. These names represent the 12 tribes of Israel. If you recall, we discussed this in the book of Genesis, towards the end of the book of Genesis. These were the descendants of Jacob, whose name was later on changed to Israel. Remember? We come now to verse 26. These are the descendants of Judah, 74,600. And the descendants of Iscah counted as 54,400. Verse 30, the descendants of uh, Zebulun, 57,400. The sons of uh, Joseph from the descendants of Ephraim, 40,500. Verse 34, the descendants of Manasseh, 32,200. Verse 36, the descendants of Benjamin, 35,400. Verse 38, the descendants of Dan, 62,700. The descendants of Ashker, 41,500. And then we come to verse uh, 42, which uh, represents the descendants of uh, Napathiah, 53,400. So these represent the total number of young Israelite men, 20 years or older, ready to go fight the battle to overcome or to overtake the promised land. Okay, uh, come down to verse 46 here. Let's look at the total number of all of the census. We see a total number of uh, 603,550. Wow. A large number there of young men. So we come to um, look at verse 47, really all the way to the end of this chapter is talking about the Levites. The, verse 47, the tribe of the Levites, however, were not counted along with the others. Uh, verse 48, the Lord had said to Moses, you must not count the tribe of Levi or include them in the census of the other Israelites. Uh, verse 50, instead appoint the Levites to be in charge of the tabernacle of the covenant law. So we see how the Lord 
had chosen the, the, the uh, tribe of Levites not to be part of this census. They would not be part of this military service or preparation. This uh, tribe had a specific duty to work for the Lord at the tabernacle. And as we proceed here, uh, we will learn how the Lord would divide specific duties from uh, out of the tabernacle for the Levites. So the Levites were not uh, involved in the census. And if you recall from the book of Exodus and even in the book of Leviticus, we talked about how the priest, the high priest during that time, who was um, Aaron and his sons, came from the tribe of Levites, and uh, and the descendants of Aaron were to be priests, but the Levites were to work for God in the tabernacle. So we see the Lord telling Moses not to include them in the census because they had a special assignment. Okay. We come down to verse uh, 54. The Israelites did all this just as the Lord commanded them. So we see how uh, Moses uh, carried out these instructions correctly. Again, we see obedience here from Moses and Aaron, and we see the Israelites obeying the Lord, okay? Uh, heeding uh, the advice from Moses to uh, carry the census. That uh, brings us to chapter 2. Now, the Lord is going to rearrange the Israelites, okay, uh, in accordance with uh, their tribal camps. Let's take a look at the first few verses out of uh, Numbers chapter 2. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, verse 2, the Israelites are to camp around the tent of meeting some distance from it each of them under their standard and holding the banners of their family. Wow! So we see how the Lord is going to start arranging them in accordance to the division of their clans and, and, and their family uh, line. And they were supposed to have a banner to like an identification, uh, such as the tribe of Benjamin will stand here, the tribe of God will stand here. You know, we see a God of organization and, and just preparation okay so this tribe tribal arrangement was supposed to accomplish five major things let's go over that number one it was uh, supposed to ascertain that each clan was accounted for okay uh, number two it was supposed to help organize the the Israelites into the various clans or various uh, tribes in order to mobilize large groups of people. Remember, we're talking about almost a couple of millions of people here. And remember that, as I discussed in the book of Exodus, we also had some Egyptians who left Egypt and follow the Israelites. So we have a huge amount of people. So this organization was necessary in order to mobilize and to move them in a very precise, orderly manner. Okay, uh, purpose number three here for this uh, tribal arrangement was to organize them pedagenealogy. Very crucial. Back then, they did not have social security office. <laughs> 
They do not have ID cards like we have today that you could be identified by your by your own first and last name. Uh, back then, they had to keep record of their genealogy and people were uh, called based on their family names. So this was so important to keep this organization. And also the fourth reason was because it would later help uh, the division of the land, once the promised land is conquered, the Lord would divide each tribe, its portion of the conquered land according to this division. So this was actually a pre-planned division to help settling the, the, the conquest out of the promised land. And number five, to maintain order. We serve a God who is orderly. But I tell you, today we have so many Christian churches, leaders, organizations that are not taking heed to this basic lesson right here we are learning from the Lord. Really, what this is teaching us right away is that before we do anything as Christians, number one, we have to exude a spirit of excellence because we serve a God of excellence. We need to truly organize Plan, they say time for everything under the sun. A time to plan, prepare mentally, physically, spiritually. You have to count the costs before you venture into any adventure. Least you will not succeed. This is what the Lord is teaching us here. The principle of pre-planning, organization, taking your time to evaluate before, before you launch. We see the Lord doing that. God is omnipotent. He omnipotent omniscience. He knows all things. He knew the challenges the Israelites were going to encounter in the promised land. Yet he still had to prepare them, okay, for this uh, battle. So he is telling us today that we need to be prepared for everything we do for him and in our personal lives so we can exude that spirit of excellence. So let's uh, take a closer look at a few verses here out of chapter 2 according to the Israelites um, clans we see on verse 3 on the east side toward the sunrise we see the divisions of the camps of Judah is right there we come to verse 5 we see the tribe of Ishkal we camp next to them Wow. verse 7 we see the, the tribe of uh, Zebulun uh, verse 9 uh, gives us a tally. It says, All the men assigned to the camp of Judah according to the division numbered. Uh, we see 186,400. They will set out first. We, uh, verse 10 on the south side, we see the division of the camp of Reuben. You can read all of those divisions, the organization there. The bottom line is that the principle I had just explained, they were so organized so that every tribe is accounted for. There is no misrepresentation. No one gets forgotten. No one gets lost. This is God, God's way of doing things. Precision, orderly. We come uh, all the way to verse 32. Let's read this out loud. These are the Israelites counted according to their families. All the men in the camps by their division numbered. We went over that number already. 603,550. 
verse 33. The Levites, however, were not counted along with the other Israelites as the Lord had commanded. Verse 34. So the Israelites did everything the Lord commanded Moses. That is the way they encamped under their standards. And that is the way they set out. Each of them with their clan and family. Boy, can you picture this here? A lot of times when I study the Bible, and I really recommend this, I close my eyes and I envision the scene. For a moment, just close your eyes and just envision the 12 tribes, according to their division, ready to set out to conquer the promised land. Picture how organized this division took place. Picture how perfect, how lined up they were ready mentally. You see what I'm saying? This is really a powerful lesson for us to prepare before we embark on any journey for the Lord. Because the Lord would truly appreciate that. Okay, that brings us to chapter 3. The gist of this chapter is that we will learn about the instructions the Lord will give to the Levites. Remember, the Levites were not counted as part of the census because they will work for the Lord in the tabernacle. So let's take a look at the um, first few verses out of Numbers chapter 3. This is the account of the family of Aaron and Moses at the time the, the Lord spoke to Moses at Mount Sinai. I am in verse 2. The names of the sons of Aaron were Nadab, the firstborn, and Abihu. These verses just uh, re reminded us of those uh, two sons of Aaron's who were killed because they offered an unauthorized fire to the Lord. Verse 4 says, uh, uh, Nadab and Abihu, however, died before the Lord when they made an offering with unauthorized fire. So this is just recounting Aaron's uh, family line, talking about the two who had died. You come, let's come to verse 5. The Lord said to Moses, bring the tribe of Levi and present them to Aaron the priest to assist him. So we see how the Lord is choosing the tribe of Levi, and giving them to Aaron to assist Aaron in his uh, work at the tabernacle there. Verse 7, they are to perform duties for him and for the whole community at the tent of meeting. Let's, um, verse 8 says they are to care for all the furnishings of the tent of meeting, fulfilling the obligations of the Israelites by doing the work for the tabernacle. Again, highlighting that the the tribe of uh, Levi or Levites uh, were supposed to assist Aaron in working for the Lord at the tabernacle, at the tent of meeting. Look at verse 9. Give the Levites to Aaron and his sons. They are the Israelites who are to be given holy to him. I already explained that. Appoint, I am in verse 10. Appoint Aaron and his sons to serve as priests. We already uh, discussed that. Anyone else who approaches the sanctuary is to be put to death. The Lord is still reiterating that he had chosen the descendants, Aaron and his sons and his descendants to have the priesthood office. We talked about that already. Let's look at uh, the next few verses. Interesting. Verse 11, the Lord said to Moses, I have taken the Levites from among the Israelites in place of the first male offspring of every Israelite woman. The Levites are mine. 
verse 13, for all the firstborn are mine. The Lord just went on to explain that if you recall, when we went over this in the book of Exodus, the Lord had given the Israelites an ordinance to bring their firstborn to him as a dedication, as a consecrated um, endeavor, meaning that they were to present their firstborn uh, a male to the Lord uh, so that the Lord could use them for his purposes to further his work among the Israelites. But here we see the Lord uh, saying that he has now chosen the, the Levite. So apparently choosing the uh, firstborn male was a temporary um, commandment. And now we see a progressive revelation of the Lord here. The Lord did not change. You see, as you are learning throughout these pages of the Old Testament, as we go further into it, we see more revelation about God's nature, God's character, God's ordinances to the Jews. This is one of those instances where previously, right after he delivered them from uh, the Egyptian bondage, he told them to dedicate the firstborn. And now we see how he has actually prepared them. He had chosen the Levites to replace uh, the firstborn. That is what those um, verses are explaining. So come to um, verse 14. The Lord uh, said to Moses in the desert of Sinai, count the Levites by their families and clans. So Moses um, carried out the instructions there uh, in verse 16. Moses counted them. And in verse 17, we are uh, presented with the names of the sons of the Levi. We see Gershon, uh, Gohath, and Merari. Verse 18, these were the names of the uh, Goshenites. So these um, uh, Gershon, Gohath, uh, and Merari, I hope I am pronouncing those names correctly, they represent the three different clans within the tribe of Levite. And the Lord would further assign each of these clans to care for different duties within the tabernacle. So um, we come down to look at verse 23. The Goshenite clan were to camp on the west behind the tabernacle. Uh, come to verse 25. At the tent of meeting, we are going to start learning the uh, various duties of the various um, uh, clans or sub-clans within the uh, tribe of Levites. The Goshenites were responsible for the care of the tabernacle and tents, its coverings, the curtain at the entrance to the tent of meeting. At verse 26, the curtains of the courtyard, the curtain at the entrance to the courtyard. So the Lord just went on to specify specific duties for the Goshenites. Come to um, verse 27. We'll talk about the specific responsibility for the uh, Gohotites. Uh, they are to care for the sanctuary. Come verse 31 says they were responsible for the care of the ark, the table, the lampstand the altars, the articles of the sanctuary used in ministering the curtain. Uh, come down to verse 33. 
Here is the third uh, group within the tribe of Levi. The uh, Merari come to verse 36. They were appointed to care uh, for the frames of the tabernacle, its crossbars, its post. So again, we see a very orderly God giving specific instructions even uh, within the tribe of Levite, he subdivided them into three different groups and leadership, each one responsible for specific duties in the tabernacle just to maintain order so there is no confusion. Again, we serve a God of order and peace and not a God of confusion. We are told that in 1 Corinthians. Verse 38 Moses and Aaron and his sons were to camp to the east of the tabernacle towards the sunrise in front of the tent of meeting. They were responsible for the care of the sanctuary on behalf of the Israelites. So we see their own responsibility there, which we have discussed that in the past. Um, so the total number of Levites are reported there in verse 39. And then... Um, Verse 40, we are just, the Lord is reiterating again the firstborn Israel, uh, Israelite males who are one month old or more. Uh, the Lord is saying to make a list of their names. And then uh, verse 41, take the Levites in their place. The same thing we've talked about. So what we see the Lord doing here is taking the firstborn Levites in place of the firstborn of the Israelites. If you recall, we talked about this in the book of Exodus, how the Lord had given Moses the ordinance to redeem the firstborn of the Israelites. But here we see God's progressive revelation replacing the firstborn Israelites with the firstborn Levites, okay? We come down to verse 42. Moses obeyed and counted the firstborn Israelites. And we come to verse 44. Uh, the Lord said to Moses, take the Levites in place of all the firstborn. We've already talked about the principle there. Verse 46, uh, to redeem the 200. And, uh, now, the, the Lord is going to tell Moses the process of redeeming. These are uh, firstborn Israelites uh, whom he would replace with the Levite. Verse 46, to redeem the two seventy-three firstborn Israelites who exceeded the number of the Levites, collect five shekels for each one according to the sanctuary shekel. Uh, here we see in verse 48, uh, the money that was used for the redemption that money will be put back to take care of the tabernacle. So Moses collected the redemption money from those who exceeded the number redeemed by the Levites. Wow! So in verse 50, we are told uh, what the worth is. Wow! Verse 51, Moses gave the redemption money to Aaron and his sons and as he was commanded by the word of the Lord. Boy, we see Moses in obedience carrying out this... Uh, process of redemption so um powerful lessons there again highlighting god's um precision in doing things we come to chapter 
4. What is the gist of this uh, chapter here? Again, we will learn about uh, organization again, preparation and due diligence uh, before uh, heading to the promised land. And now with the uh, different uh, leadership clans of the Levites are going to receive uh, further instructions of their duties. We are going to just highlight a few of these. Let's look at uh, chapter 4, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take a census of the Kohathite branch of the Levites by their clans and family. And um, they did that. Count all the men from 30 to 50 years of age who come to serve in the work at the tent of meeting. This is interesting because only those within these age parameters, 30 to 50, were to serve in the tabernacle. And uh, as we will proceed here, we will learn, and many Bible scholars highlight this, that even though the age 30 seemed to have been the age uh, when the Levites enter into full service, for God at the tabernacle, they actually were enlisted right about the age of 25, but they were being prepared for about five years. And then at the age of 30, they actually get into service to work for the Lord. And right about the age of 50, they were supposed to uh, stop full-time work at the tabernacle. Not that they retired, but they were supposed to train the younger Levites. Uh, so we will learn this as we proceed here. Verse 4 talks about the work of the uh, Kohatites at the tent of meeting. You can read those uh, verses there. Come to, actually, take a look at verse 6. They are to cover the cotton with durable leather, spread a, a cloth of solid blue, uh, blue over that and put the poles in place. This was right before they uh, take off, or right before they took off to the land of uh, Canaan, the Lord was giving them specific instructions how they were to, to protect the tabernacle because they were supposed to carry it. Wow, such detailed instructions. Mm. Look at verse 7. Over the table of the presence, they are to spread a blue cloth and put on it the plates, dishes, and bowls, and the jars for drink offering, just specific instructions to protect the elements, if you will, of the tabernacle so they do not get damaged. Verse 9 talks about, uh, again, using cloth to cover the lampstand. That is uh, for the light to protect that. Verse 11, over the gold a gold altar, they were to spread the blue cloth to cover it, again, protection. All of these verses are just teaching us how they were to prepare to carry that tabernacle, much preparation to preserve the uh, elements or the dishes and the plates because those were considered sacred. They were to uh, handle that with uh, due diligence. Uh, we come now to verse 17. The Lord said to Moses, and Aaron see that the Kohitite tribal clans are not destroyed from among the Levites so that they may live and not die, in, in essence, telling them to carry the instructions appropriately and to be in obedience to the Lord so they don't um, suffer any negative consequences. Okay, let's take a look at 
verse 21, verses 21, all the way to verse 28, the Lord will would give instructions pertaining to how the Goshenites are supposed to walk in the tabernacle. Remember the Goshenites, these are all part of the tribe of uh, the Levite. So let's take a, a look at a few of the verses here. Look at verse 24. This is the service of the Goshenite clans in their carrying and their other work, they are to carry the curtains of the tabernacle. That is out of verse 25. That is the tent of meeting, its coverings. Verse 26 teaches that the curtains of the courtyard surrounding the tabernacle and the altar, they are supposed to carry all of that. So those were the specific assignments for the Geshonites. We come to... Verses 29 all the way to 33 will discuss the specific uh, duties for the uh, Mirarites. Uh, verse 29 uh, teaches the count, the Mirarites by the clans and uh, families. This was the Lord talking to Moses to count the Mirarites by their clans and families. We come to verse 29. We will learn the instructions the Lord would give Moses pertaining to the uh, Merarites with regards to their duties for the tabernacle. Verse 29 reads, Count the Merarites by their clans and families. Count all the men from 30 to 50 years of age who come to serve in the work at the tent of meeting. Verse 31, as part of all their service at the tent, they are to carry the frames of the tabernacle, its crossbars, posts, and bases, as well as the post of the, of the surrounding courtyard with their bases, etc., etc. Uh, the Lord went on to list their specific duties for carrying the tabernacle when they are en route to the promised land. Let's come down to verse 34. Uh, this is just repetitious. Uh, the Lord uh, giving Moses instructions to count the uh, leaders of the community uh, with regards to their various clans and uh, families now. This is pertaining to the tribe of Levites now. This is a count for the tribe of Levites in accordance with the leaders of the community. Take a look at verse 34. Moses, Aaron, and the leaders of the community counted the Goshoshites by their clans and families. Verse 35. All the men from 30 to 50 years age who came to serve in the work of the tent of meeting. Again, this is just reiterating that Moses and Aaron were to count the men between the ages of 30 to 50 out of the tribe of the uh, Goshoshites. We had talked about that. All these instructions is just reiterating the principle which I had talked about, counting the people within the tribe of Levite according to their leaders. Verse 38 talks about the Gershonites who were counted by their clans and families. You can read the rest of those verses there. We come down to verse 42. Here we read how the Mirarites were also counted 
by their clans and families. You come down to verse 46. Uh, so Moses and Aaron and the leaders of Israel counted all the Levites by their clans and families. Verse 47. All the men from 30 to 50 years of age who came to do the work of serving and carrying the tent of the meeting numbered 8,580. Okay. Verse 49. At the Lord's command through Moses, each was assigned his work and told what to carry. Thus, they were counted as the Lord commanded Moses. So you see how in these verses, the Lord further subdivided the tribe of Levi into three different groups in accordance with their tribal clans, Gershonites, uh, Merirites, and then the uh, Kohitites. Again, uh, highlighting God's um, organization and arrangement and giving them specific tasks to work at the tabernacle. So that brings us to the end of chapter 4. So let us discuss the major principles we have learned from chapters 1 through 4. Uh, three major principles. The first one is that of organization. I had talked about this over and over. We see how in the process of counting the uh, men from, from the Israelite community, we, we saw how they were very organized with banners according to their clans and divisions. And again, even within the tribe of Levites, we saw how the Lord further counted them according to the three various groups. Again, organizing them so every head is accounted for, also making it easier for them to march into the promised land. Uh, principle number two is that of preparation. I talked about this already. We see a God who is very involved in preparation in whatever endeavor he undertakes. Uh, these people were physically, mentally, spiritually prepared to get into the promised land. And the third principle here is that of due diligence. Okay, due diligence. God took his time to train and mold these people. Remember, I talked about how they were there at the foot of Mount Sinai for about 11 months. That is almost a year, teaching them his laws, molding and shaping them, and then putting them in these different divisions for consistency, that is all part of due diligence that we see the Lord exhibiting in these verses as he carried out his task of uh, leading them into the promised land. So what are the major application? Application number one, we have to likewise exercise due diligence preparation and organization in whatever endeavor we undertake for the Lord or even in our personal lives. All right. Again, anything we do in our personal lives have to be done as unto the Lord anyway. So organization, preparation, and due diligence is required because that is the expectation from God. Today, we have people who believe they have been called into ministry, but they don't want to take the time to prepare and do the due diligence. And honestly, God doesn't operate like that. Okay, 
if you are called into ministry as a leader or as a minister, you need the time to not only know God for yourself, have that solid relationship with God, you also need that formal preparation to be taught the scriptures so you can teach others. Okay? And that due diligence is expected. At least you would make a shame of yourself and that would not glorify God. And most importantly, we have to remember that God will not promote us prematurely. So if we are in a hurry to grow in our journey as, as leaders, ministers, pastors, or even as Christians, if we are in a hurry to grow, but yet we are not putting the effort to prepare, I spend time in the presence of God, know the word of God, learn how to discern the voice of God in his word and those inner promptings in your heart, or train your senses to truly walk in accordance with God's decrees, i.e. walk by faith. If you're not able to be prepared to do these things, God will not elevate or promote you. God is fair. God is just. If God elevates or promotes you prematurely, you will crash and bring a disgrace to yourself and that would not glorify God. So due diligence, patience, perseverance is necessary in any endeavor we undertake as Christians. That way we can exude the spirit of excellence which will glorify God. Even in the New Testament, Jesus taught this principle of, of uh, due diligence, preparation, and organization. Out of the Gospel of Luke chapter 14, if you were to go back and read that in context, Jesus was teaching people the cost that is required to be his disciple. And in that teaching, he went on to explain that no person would want to build a house without sitting down and estimate, estimating the cost of that house. What the Lord was saying is that before you embark in any endeavor for the Lord, you need to slow down, do your due diligence, evaluate what it will cost you physically, mentally, spiritually, before you proceed, least you would fail. So that is the same principle that Jesus taught out of the Gospel of Luke chapter 14. And um, the next major application is that we have to have unity, consistency, excellence, and order in our individual lives. Because 1 Corinthians 14 33 teaches us that God is a God of order, unity, and peace, and not a God of confusion or disorder. So the God of the Bible that we serve is a God of order. So whatever we do in the Lord or in our individual lives, we must exude that spirit of order, okay, peace, and unity, because that is how God expects us to carry out interactions in the world and endeavors, okay? So those were the uh, major application there. In conclusion, just to exude a spirit of excellence, precision, orderly, and unity. So we come to the end of the four first uh, chapters of the book of Numbers. 
Father God, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for the lessons we have learned thus far. Lord, we just appreciate you so much that you are a God of precision, perfection, unity, and order. Holy Spirit, teach us how to apply these principles of, of order and unity in our individual lives. Teach us, Holy Spirit, how to exude the spirit of due diligence, preparation, and organization, because we know it is your will that whatever we do, we should be fruitful. But Father God, until we can learn how to be prepared, until we can learn how to do our due diligence, until we can learn how to be organized, it would be difficult for us to exude that spirit of excellence, which will glorify you. So Holy Spirit, we surrender our life to you today. You teach us, you guide us how to carry out this endeavor. We believe by faith you will do this for us because you love us. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, Savior, and personal friend. And everybody says, Amen. Today is a day the Lord has made. So rejoice in it as you proceed with the rest of your day. I am Chris Horan. Goodbye.